Immigrants of all backgrounds have historically been vulnerable to mistreatment by an unaccepting U.S. culture. But undocumented immigrants are even more vulnerable. Without papers, they're an easy political target and constantly at risk of exploitation and deportation. Children and young people are especially impacted. Dreamers and the Obama administration's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals helped change the game for undocumented youth. Now some are engaged adults who are working to raise awareness about education and immigrant rights. Making Contact producer Anita Johnson has more. Carlos Rojas Alvarez and his mother arrived in the U.S. on temporary tourist visas. He was only four. His family was desperate to escape the violence that plagued his native country of Medellin, Colombia. They soon found themselves planting roots in East Boston within a very diverse Latino community. For years, Carlos enjoyed a comfortable existence in the U.S., free from the violence that he and his family once fled. It wasn't until his 10th grade year that the realities of being undocumented really set in. It was around the 10th grade that I started really panicking about how I was going to go to college without papers. And I looked around me and I said, I work just as hard as my peers. I do just as many extracurriculars as my peers. I deserve to go to college like my peers. And was becoming more conscious of the fact that I would have a harder time going to school because I was undocumented. And I was still in the undocumented closet, so I couldn't quite figure out how to advocate publicly. And so I started my advocacy and organizing efforts actually around education and public education issues. I was a sophomore, like I said, when budget cuts started to hit the city of Boston in a very big way, and particularly actually started to affect my school. And I was invited to a rally at City Hall that was organized by young people, for young people, about young people. And that was really beautiful to see that young people could take a public stance for something that mattered to them. And it mattered to me, of course. And in the back of my head, I said, well, if they can do this, then I can figure out standing up for my rights as an immigrant. So I joined the Boston Student Advisory Council, BSAC, And then I joined the student immigrant movement when I finally worked up the courage to come out as undocumented. And that was in 2011 when I was invited to a rally at the State House to stop immigrant rights amendments, which were being attached to the governor's budget. And I was asked, would you like to tell your story to the crowd in front of media? And something gave me enough courage to say sure. And I told my story. It was probably the most nerve-wracking thing I'd ever done up until that point, but I did it and it felt great. And it was an incredibly empowering thing to be able to tell my story this publicly, but know that a group of young people, these were the young people at the student immigrant movement, um, had my back. Carlos has been on the front lines of the immigrant rights movement in East Boston ever since. Now 23, Carlos has become a well-known leader within the student immigration movement, where he fights for the rights of undocumented youth. Carlos knows all too well the catch-22 that many undocumented students find themselves in when it comes to taking action for social change. Getting involved has risk, but not getting involved can be detrimental. There are many components to the way I think social change happens. The number one rule I have learned from my involvement in these various movements, from the education youth movement to the immigrant youth movement, 
and now transitioning into an older version of both of those movements is that the people directly impacted have got to be at the forefront. And immigration reform has been tried in ways where immigrants who are impacted have not been at the forefront, have not been at the negotiation table, have not been the ones calling the shots about narrative strategy. And it hasn't worked. And similarly, in the education reform movement, you often have well-meaning parents and teachers and advocates, lawyers, who certainly have some knowledge of the way the education system works, trying to reform a system that serves young people. And I was trained under the motto of we are in the classroom five days a week, 180 days a year here in Massachusetts. Like We are the ones in the classroom. Ask us. And so I, I, I'm pretty sure that this is true, that if the people that are directly impacted by an issue are not the ones spearheading a campaign to address the issue, you are less likely to pass good policies. And when and if you do pass a good policy and still don't involve those directly impacted, its implementation almost always fails and doesn't hit the mark. So that's one of the ways that I truly believe social change works. And... I think we're going to have to try different things moving forward to prevent this. It cannot just be about direct actions and mobilizations. We're going to have to do really uncomfortable and oftentimes hard work to listen to people, to lean in where racism really divides us. I mean, I, I, I stand by that statement. I think, I think racism is the number one thing that, that divides us in this country today. There's nothing like racism to derail <clears throat> a good conversation. We have to do really hard and uncomfortable work to address racism in white communities, internalized racism in the communities of color across the country. And if we don't do that, I don't think we're going to be in a much different place in four years. Carlos is at the center of the struggle for undocumented student rights. He is showing the U.S. that an investment in the education of undocumented students is a wise investment in the nation's future. But all too often, the discussion turns into a dysfunctional blame game. I was brought into organizing by a movement that in many ways was successful because we were able to convince a large number of American voters that we were the good ones, quote unquote. You know, Dreamers adopted brilliant strategies where we showed Americans that we are American, we have 4.0 GPAs, we, you know, we want to go to these schools, we want to be doctors and lawyers and scientists. And I think in many ways that appealed to a lot of Americans. You know, we still live in a country where people believe it's a meritocracy, where, you know, success and perseverance and intelligence, I think, is highly admired. And in doing that, unintended consequence of that was that we threw many other members of the undocumented immigrant communities under the bus. Because then we had built a narrative that didn't make room for our parents, right? Because if we had been brought to this country through no fault of our own, which was an, a common tagline, then whose fault was it? Our parents. 
And if you weren't pursuing a college degree, then you weren't worthy of staying here. And that's actually the larger number of undocumented immigrants who are low-wage workers who have no shot at going to school here and don't are not going to be going to school. And we've been doing a lot of work to reverse that and to figure out how we convince people in this country that undocumented immigrants, whether they're going to go to school, whether they're going to be doctors, or whether they clean your bathroom, whether they clean your home, whether they operate the train or bus you ride every morning, are just as worthy of being in this country and living with dignity as anybody else. In the face of a Trump administration and anti-immigrant policies, Carlos believes victory is possible. This victory, says Carlos, will require people directly impacted by immigration laws leading the charge with the participation of allies as well as multiple strategies. For activists like Carlos Rojas Alvarez, this is just the beginning. For Making Contact, I'm Anita Johnson. 